Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Lachowski and we're so glad she could join us. But before we begin, let us open up in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord, and we just thank you that you have given us everything that we need inside of this life, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us your covenant, Lord, and your testament, Lord, that you are both alive inside of our lives, Lord, and well and thriving, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you for the life that you put inside of us, Lord, the life to go and do what you have for us inside this earth, Lord, and the ability and the fortitude to go and do it, Lord. We just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' almighty name. Amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so glad to have you with us as we continue our study in the book of Ephesians. No, we're in Hebrews. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know why I was just thinking of Ephesians right now. But yes, we're in Hebrews. So Hebrews, and we're continuing our discussion on chapter 9, verses 16 through 22. So, if you're joining us for the first time or rejoining us, I want to encourage you to pause the episode and read that section of scripture just to make things easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And as is our custom, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Lord is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. So, who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey, honey. Okay, so in the last, um, or the previous episode, I'll say, I was talking about the excellence and the perfection to which God executed his covenant and his testament, and that it is unable to be challenged, it's unable to be overturned, and I just wanted to link us back to Hebrews chapter 6, where we learned about the immutability of his counsel and the, the impossibility for God to lie, which caused his covenant with Abraham to be um, what it was and that of which he could use to confirm his promise um, so that we have strong consolation. And I should just go back and, and read over that. Uh, let's see. Oh, starting in uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13, and I'll keep reading to the, the end of the uh, to verse 19, verse 13 says, for when God had made prom made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for men indeed swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is for them an end to, of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, he might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, steadfast of which enters the presence behind the veil." I'm sorry, and which enters the presence behind the veil. So just looking at that, how Christ 
And the father working through Christ, of course, got the Godhead made the covenant and the New Testament in the blood of Christ Jesus, something that cannot be overturned. It cannot be overrun. It cannot be rebuked by anyone. It cannot be legally challenged. It is unbreakable. And so for us, uh, we talked about before adding to what was done here and what he's saying is the strength that comes from the blood of Christ Jesus to make this an impenetrable, unbreakable, unchallengeable, unquestionable covenant and assurance of promise that we have through Christ Jesus in the things of which the Father has promised to us, we should firmly plant our hope and take our stance and stand our ground and go, for Christ I live. The The blood of bulls and goats was absolutely breakable, which is, I think, something that you referenced in the previous episode, that the the covering for the sin didn't last, or that was you, was that you, LaCharles, who said that? It was me. Okay. Um, the covering for the sin using blood of bulls and, bulls and goats didn't last. They, they went out and came back in, went out and came back in and sin would be right back there. And if they didn't actually offer something for that particular sin, it remained. Now for us, the blood of Christ Jesus, we should also understand that it is a shield for us. And it is a place literally of refuge and safekeeping because there's no outside force that can come against it. Now, we do have to remain in the blood of Jesus Christ, right? And if we do notice that we commit a sin, we take it to the Father and allow that sin to be brought under the blood. But it's not like the weakness and the temporary covering that comes from natural sacrifices of animals. This sacrifice, because of the purity of the blood of Christ Jesus and the fact that it it is God's blood and man's blood in a perfect way, that there's no question beyond it, it also should bring us sincere and great comfort and, and cause us to take a place in a stance that we make our permanent home inside the blood. Of Jesus Christ. So even thinking of this, this, this time that we're spending in Hebrews, Christ wants us to build unshakable faith. (laughs) And so having our understanding that what a dynamic we have here, what safety we have inside the blood of Jesus. So that means no, no, um, no adversary can break in and steal. Remember when Christ said to the disciples on this revelation or on this rock, I'll build my church. Yes, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it's a revelation of what was what's ours in Christ Jesus through his blood, through faith in his blood, building that impenetrable shield around us so we can come and or we should remain to find that protection and everything that we absolutely need to that pertains to life and godliness. So this is something we should not just go, okay, yeah, yeah. But we should severely and sincerely take this to heart and understand and realize what is over us, what covers us, what not just cleanses us from sin, but also cleanses our conscience from dead works, where even our mind is preserved, right? Mm -hmm. So the Lord keeps those in perfect peace when he keeps us in perfect peace, when we have our mind stayed on him, continually focused on him, but all not just focus on Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's a place for that, but the more perfect thing would go, I know what your blood did for me, Jesus. I know the power that's in your blood and no devil in hell, no, no adversary, no wind, no nothing else is going to overturn 
what you've done. It's not going to remove me from your presence. It's not going to remove me from your grace. It's not going to remove your life from mine. I know who I am and whose I am. More importantly, I know who I am in you, Christ Jesus. I'm yours. And the, um, the fact that no one can snatch me out of your hand, we should be most assured of that because of how strong his blood is. And it's not a strength that fails. This is an insurmountable strength that's in the blood of Jesus. I, I hope that's being conveyed in, in what I'm saying to you and um, trying to articulate because I don't have natural words that capture all the might, the power, the dominion, the authority, and the strength that is in the blood of Christ Jesus. Not to mention his name. I mean, I, let's just get started mm-hmm. on one aspect of the the realm and the sphere of what belongs to us in Christ Jesus, but what who he is. Um, and then here also something I wanted to mention was as we were talking, you know, he's writing this, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is writing this book to, or this letter to Jews, to the Hebrews. And these are ones who have believed in God for the most part, but may have some question of what's valid here. Do we continue with animal sacrifice? Do we, you know, and there was great pressure for them to continue with Judaism and still claim to be believers when Christ said you're free. So we, we looked at that in Acts when we did our coverage mm-hmm. of whether they still needed to be physically circumcised in order to have righteousness and to be received. And the Holy Spirit made known that he his presence fell on the Jews, I'm sorry, the Gentiles, whether they were circumcised or not. So that's not necessary from the Lord's perspective. So for him writing this here, he's also giving them equipment. He's equipping them, the Lord is, to resist the spirit of religion that was coming to steal the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. So it was like um, what we call in America apologetics how you can debate someone or resist the onslaught of words by someone who is opposing you to try to get you to turn from what you believe. He's also equipping them to understand this blood is more than the blood of bulls and goats. This perfect blood of our risen Lord and Savior has more strength to to reach to the inside of the man, the human being that's committed sin, whereas bulls and goats could only temporarily, momentarily, cover the outside the blood of christ destroys sin obliterates it and permanently releases those from that who've committed the sin from the bondage of that sin and brings absolute freedom so in the midst of this he's saying um here's why this is superior to what you previously had and here's equipment to help you when the adversary or people try to press against your mind to get you to relinquish and to relent on your pursuit of Christ Jesus as the Messiah, you don't have to do that. Here's the truth. Here's equipment to combat the lies and the words of adversaries coming against you. So likewise, as we're studying the word of God, we should be girding up our loins and taking this word of God to heart so that we know how to answer when we are questioned about the reason for our faith, right? Doesn't Paul reference that later on in Mm -hmm. scripture? We know how we know why we believe what we believe and not just going from a warm and fuzzy. I I think Christ is the Messiah. I believe him as God. But here's why. Here's foundation. Here's evidence. Here's proof. Here's truth so that you are are able to stand no matter what comes your way. Yes, for me. Charles, you had something you wanted to say? I did. Okay, let's go. 
As you're talking, Mama, you referenced um, about how we had said inside previous episodes that there was the difference between the first covenant and also the covenant that they had originally with the blood of bulls and goats Mm -hmm. versus the one that we have with Jesus and how Mm -hmm. his blood is what covers us. Mm -hmm. But we also have to understand here, and this is something that we have been talking about, is that the Lord did not give them sub-quality even in the sight of the first covenant. Meaning that we see here, um, Paul says, for a test, um, what verse you reading? Uh, this will be Hebrews nine, eighteen. Therefore, okay. not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood, and we see here that um, while Jesus did have a better plan, and he, though God had knew what needed to actually be done, while they gave them something to represent um, what was inside of heaven, as you and Dad often talk about. Is, but we have to understand that while he was doing this, he was giving them quality as well. Mm-hmm. Like what we see with the tabernacle of meeting, he didn't say slap some sticks together, tape them together and get some bubble gum. Mm-hmm. And that's in. That's how you should go and do it. But he gave them his best, even at this point. And it becomes, it can become as though Jesus was withheld from them. He was, they were given something sub-quality. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be kind of like when you're a child you don't you can't drive you get a little hot wheel maybe that you can roll across your desk and power wheels <laughs> at the best Eventually. the power wheel yeah <laughs> yes and or you can get the little jeep that they put little babies in but you can't drive an actual car mm-hmm. it, it can be seen as though you're giving them so quality because that's you know or that's nowhere near a real car even in how far it goes but he's giving what was needed inside the moment but while he was doing that he still gave them the best um Meaning that he didn't give them something that he himself would not have wanted. That's how the Lord referenced it to me. Mm-hmm. He was told me that he thought of it as if Jesus was down there himself, he would give him the same thing. He didn't say, "Woo, I'm glad that ain't Jesus," because I would have to do better on that one. Right. God he gave them. Yeah. He gave them exactly what he would give his only son, the son whom he loved, as we see instead of John. He said he was his only son, his beloved son. Actually, is what he called him, and what we see that reference inside of. Um, Second Samuel, what is referencing to Solomon, but really Jesus, he'll be my son. Amen. And so keep this in mind. God only works in excellence. He yes. doesn't do anything halfway, half-hearted, subpar, um, lazy is, is not an attribute of the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So, um, and endure, I mean, perseverance, that's who our Lord is. So he doesn't do anything half-hearted, but also understand the way that God was looking at this was not, I'm giving them something bad or good. It wasn't that. This is his plan that he's working from. He declared it what his end result would be and then wove the plan backwards to the beginning so that everything he did would lead to the desired outcome. So what he gave them was what was necessary, what was needed at the moment to point them to Christ Jesus. And also keep this in mind, sometimes we look at God as only in relationship to how things affect us. What about me, God? But for me, right? And so from the mindset, if you look at the first covenant and go, well, it wasn't best or it wasn't, there was something wrong with it. You're looking with your, like a hand cupped around your eye to make a a scope. And you're looking from a very small perspective and you cannot see the fullness of God. You are not the only person on God's mind. You're not the only one he has an obligation to. He didn't, God didn't only have an obligation to the Jews, so because of that, he's looking at all 
of the people that were coming through the it through it through the earth that needed to make their choice and so he created his plan based on what's best for that and so what they had was good it was good it came from god he only does what's good right we saw that in the beginning he created these things and he said they are good they're suitable for their purpose does that mean that what they had was flawed it's either flawed or it's absolutely all the time the whole thing that the the target that what god was shooting for no neither one of those is true because he left a reflection to go i'm pointing towards christ jesus i'm i'm giving you something because you serve a purpose in the earth to speak of me and to hold these place and to believe me for what i need to come in through the earth you're you're holding a place but i always intended for everyone to be brought in and i always intended for you to move along and progress with me so when we stand back and see that god is the father of all of the humans coming through and he wants all of his humans to be given an opportunity which we referenced um, that he even preached the gospel to those who had perished before christ physically came in the earth and that were currently or presently at that time in hell, he even gave them a chance because that's how good he is. But when we look at him from our perspective of being a tiny, a tiny self-centered and self-focused human, we look in terms of God did more for you than he did for me. He gave you better than what he gave me. Absolutely not. He gave you what was good and he's working his plan, which is his best to get you to his best, even if that comes in stages and phases. But it's for us to grow up and mature in our mindset. So when we look at God, you know, just like in our household, we have more than one child. You want to believe you're the only child sometimes, but that ain't right. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's not the truth. Yes. That ain't right. And that's what I want to say. That doesn't that doesn't represent the fullness of the love of God, which is absolute perfection. To say all that you are loved equally represents God and you're all showing shown the same amount of love with the same affection. Now it is, I'll say it is fit to based on your personality, but it's equal. That represents Christ. That represents and reflects the goodness of God. So it's important that we don't take the uh, Jonah mindset. How dare you give this to them? God, you're supposed to save this only for my people. That's my paraphrase of what Jonah said. He was angry because he, God was going to give repentance to Nineveh because he felt like they didn't deserve it and it should have only been reserved for his people because that was God's goodness and his best to give redemption and repentance. And he didn't feel like God, anybody else was entitled to that. So that's how we can act sometimes when we have a small-minded, self-centered, self-preserved perspective on our minds and we're not thinking with the mind of Christ. Yes. God, everything that he does is good. His works are marvelous. They're only wonderful are his works. That's how we should perceive and hold God. And when he says, okay, I'm put, take that shirt off. You've outgrown it. I'm going to give you a new shirt. We shouldn't cry over the shirt that has now been outgrown and needs to be folded up and put away. And we shouldn't go, you gave me a bad shirt because that shirt didn't grow with me, God. Uh, no, we should go. Okay. It's time for a new shirt. You said this is time. And I'm, I believe you cause you're the one who set this whole thing up. Hey, I'll let you keep being God and I'll keep being your son or your daughter. And I'm just going to keep trusting you and walking with you. Not thinking evil of God. Yes. yes Amen. And just understanding that the Lord only gave them excellent quality as you had said, mommy, but that, but that doesn't mean that they were to worship what he had given them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, as you said, people, I know in the natural sense, people can be caught up on something that like a car that they begin to mm-hmm. worship it because they think it's such good quality. Mm-hmm. I'm making air quotes 
because they have placed such value in it. But that's what we see the Lord's moving them away from it. He said, yes, I gave you the best. I gave you what you needed. Mm -hmm. But go and continue to move up. Right. And that's what you needed at the moment. Eventually, that car is going to wear out. Yes. And I mean, furthermore, you can't take that car to heaven. You're not riding that buggy to heaven. So, yes. you know, keep your hope in, <laughs> in the Lord and your love focused on him. And remember that we are to worship the giver of the gifts, the giver of the good things, not the things themselves. And we you should smoke. never look at God and perceive or attribute evil, wickedness, or um, slack-handedness, any ungodly or unloving or wicked attribute should never be applied to God because he's only good and he only does good things, wondrous things, marvelous things. Yes. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today because there's a lot and let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us what each one of us needs. Mm -hmm. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us only your best, Lord, and that you have only given us excellent quality, Lord. But Lord, we furthermore thank you that you're the thing to be worshipped, Lord, that we're not to be worshiping those that are around us, Lord, or the stuff that's around us, Lord, but that you are worthy of our praise, Lord. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we just thank you for the wisdom and the knowledge that you have given us, Lord, from your Holy Spirit, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have shared your word with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.